With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Scott Jones trying to step into the big shoes of John McGinnis here on the KFPK News Radio, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and on your smartphone. Um, hey, happy holidays to everybody. Merry Christmas to everybody ramping up for the holiday. And to uh, my Jewish friends, I hope your Hanukkah was uh, blessed and, and peaceful. Um, I had a kind of a set couple of things I wanted to talk about today, but I got to admit, a couple of things got under my skin over the last couple of days that uh, or the last day really that um, I just wanted to touch briefly before we get on to what the kind of the main substance of what this hour is going to be one uh, has to do with the Colorado decision and I know uh, Sheriff McGinnis talked about this yesterday um, and obviously I think it's safe to say I have very similar feelings but just from the perspective of there's, there's really a couple of arguments right that that the 14th Amendment doesn't apply to a candidate for president, the office of president. Uh, and I believe that to be true, although I suppose a colorable, uh, some sharp attorney could make an argument and perhaps get a day in court on that. But the the, the part that's very offensive to me, and I think um, the sheriff shared this uh, same sentiment yesterday, was is the due process aspect. I've always said I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a huge proponent, I'm a big fan of due process, and there just hasn't been. And despite what folks' feelings are about Donald J. Trump, um, you can substitute any name for that and understand that if, if it can happen to him, it doesn't matter what the name is. It can happen. Insert any name here. And this is just a terrible precedent. I mean, we've currently got people in custody in other countries because their government said they were a spy, that they did this, that they are this. And it's only their saying so that is keeping them in custody. And that is dangerously analogous to what is happening here without the benefit of any conclusive uh, due process in regard to uh, to uh, Donald Trump's actions on January 6th. So just that. And the other thing that really uh, has bothered me for, for years and, and kind of plagued me during most of my years as sheriff was the uh, retail organized retail theft. And, of course, starting back in 2014 with Prop 47 and its progeny and all the other um, gubernatorial actions and laws and initiatives that have been passed, um, we all know that basically retail theft has been decriminalized, and it. Um, well, if I, for, as a matter of fact, Target last week said that they are going to lose half a billion dollars this year to theft, and at the same time, they're they're abandoning stores in San Francisco and other places, other blue cities, um, just citing not only the gross theft and loss, but employee safety concerns because we've seen many incidents of where it is not just someone going in there and and putting a single item in their pocket and walking out it is it is a swarm um, the problem is is only getting more dire um, over two years ago the I, I know retailers were sounding the alarm nothing's being done other stores Walmart everybody else CVS tells the same story but fear not because right on time yesterday uh, the California legislature the select committee on retail theft held its very first 
informational hearing on organized retail theft uh, where they spent a lot of time questioning the stats and whether it really was a problem. Well, I'll tell you what's wrong with the stats. Nobody's arresting them for them. The stores aren't reporting them, and no one's being prosecuted for them. So the stats are artificially low, and unfortunately, um, the liberals are using that very fact to, once again, bury their head in the sand and say there's no problem. But, hey, everybody, don't let your lying eyes uh, you know, tell you any different than what, uh, what they're telling you in the legislature. Um, Congress just had a similar hearing not too long ago. So I'm sure the crisis will soon be solved by the legislature, uh, just like they solve everything else. But in the meantime, um, you can keep it tuned right here. I know they're going to be talking about that tomorrow and have some folks in from, from law enforcement to discuss that. But, um, you know, what I wanted to talk about today, and, and the first thing is, you know, I was thinking about Christmas and running around like all of you, maybe right now, uh, spending time and money to make it just right for your family and so forth and, and friends. And, and like many of us, I believe, I, I, I've been kind of struck this year, you know, one year into retirement now about how fortunate I am to be in a position to have a nice Christmas for my four kids and my family and my extended family without having to greatly sacrifice or max out my credit cards. And of course, I also realized at the same time that that's not the case for everyone. Um, so I, I did a little research. Um, this year, the average family is going to spend just under $1,000 on Christmas. Now, to many of our listeners, that may not seem like a lot. Certainly with my family, I well overshot that. Uh, but consider that that figure is up 20% from last year when the average was just over 800. Uh, and while spending for Christmas has gone up over 20%, like everything else, uh, I would venture to bet that most people's incomes have not gone up over 20%. And so consider the families on the financial margin and what a burden not only the financial hit over the last year has been uh, on groceries, the Christmas dinner, for example, uh, on interest rates um, for credit cards, gas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, what burden that has caused every month. But now this month, faced with that 20% increase to have the same type of Christmas as last year, uh, I, I'm certain the stress and the strain of that can be almost insurmountable for some folks. So I know there's a lot of organizations out there, uh, especially this time of year, that can help. Uh, but during the second half of today's show, I'm going to have a special guest, the Assistant Sheriff of the Sacramento County Sheriff's Office, who is going to talk about an organization she has been involved in for many years and that I've been very proud to preside over as Sheriff for 12 years uh, until my retirement, of course, uh, and that's the Sacramento Sheriff's Toy Project. Kind of what they do now, uh, what they're all about, and importantly, how you can help if you feel compelled to do so, uh, or conversely, on the other side, uh, if you need the help. Uh, and and I think both of those uh, questions and issues will be answered in the second half. But that's the second half. Uh, but first, I want to have a little fun on the ramp up to Christmas talking about some traditions, Christmas and holiday traditions here and around the world. It always fascinates me, and maybe you're the same way, when I travel to some faraway place or read about, more more likely read about some faraway place, and the traditions and customs that they have not just about Christmas, but in general. And I, I just love that. I love exploring and learning about different cultures and, and their traditions. And Christmas time traditions uh, are no different. Um, I'm going to ask folks to call in if they have some new and, and kind of really interesting or novel Christmas traditions in their own families that they would um, that they would like to 
share with the listeners that the listeners might find either entertaining, humorous, or interesting. Uh, and I'll give the numbers right before the break in a couple of minutes. And I tried to think in preparation for this discussion, if we had any, my family or, you know, as growing up in my family. And really the only thing I could think of is that instead of the normal, I guess, quote unquote, normal holiday spread at Christmas dinner, we eat Italian food. We have homemade raviolis. We have Italian wedding soup. My mother is full Italian. Uh, we're third generation Italian immigrants. So I'm half Italian, not the Jones half in case you're, you know, you were wondering, but the other half. And um, so instead of traditional food, we we have Italian food. It was no big deal to me growing up. And I figure that's not really that unusual. I, I suspect that everybody with its own uh, cultural or, or country background has a little bit of infused flavors from from that culture or country in their Christmas dinner. So I'm I'm thinking things more more unusual. And before we go into this first break, I'll I'll, I'll give you one or two. Uh, you've probably heard of this one in Austria. Not only is there Saint Nicholas, but his faithful assistant Krampus. Uh, not just the namesake of B movies here in in uh, America, but uh, Krampus wanders the streets in search of badly behaved children. Um, they have com- they have parades. People dress up. They pull pranks on each other in the name of Krampus, and um, and it's uh, that's that's theirs. Um, so when we come back, I'm going to give you a couple of more. I'd love to take your calls about some of the very interesting or unusual customs that you might have around Christmas time. Um, uh, you're going to want to hear the one uh, about Japan, um, but we'll have that after the break. The numbers to call in are nine one six nine two one fifteen thirty or 1-800-834-1530. Once again, I am Scott Jones, in for John McGinnis on KFBK News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I am Scott Jones, in for John McGinnis on KFBK News Radio, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and on your smart speaker. And as promised, I was wanted to just talk a little bit about some of the interesting customs, Christmas time customs I found from around the world. Uh, and as as uh, indicated before break, Japan is, uh, if you were trying to guess, I, I, I bet you won't guess. Uh, now, keep in mind, Japan has less than 1% of Christians, so they don't, uh, 1%, they are 1%, less than 1% Christian, so they don't really generally celebrate Christmas, but they do have a Christmas Day tradition, and that is um, eating Kentucky Fried Chicken. Believe it or not, um in 1974, KFC came and they had a what turned out to be a successful campaign. I won't butcher the Japanese language to tell you what it is in Japanese, but it translates to Kentucky for Christmas. And for months before, they have pre-orders and they have hours-long wait on Christmas Day to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, in Germany, uh, where Christmas trees are uh, said to have begun, uh, parents will hide a pickle in the tree and give a gift to the child that finds the pickle. Uh, in Caracas, Venezuela, folks have, for some reason, started skating, uh, roller skating, to Christmas Mass. They block off all the streets downtown and roller skate uh, to Christmas Mass. Uh, in the Netherlands, uh, much like we leave stockings, they will uh, leave their shoes by the fire in hopes that Santa will fill them with candy. Uh, but bad children are threatened with not coal, but rotten potatoes. I guess that's more plentiful in the in the Netherlands. Um, they also leave carrots in their shoes for Santa's trusty steed, Amerigo. So those are some from around the world. I've got a few more if we have some time. But right now I want to take a call. Jennifer from Sacramento. Tell me what uh, what you guys have. 
Hi. Yeah, we've been doing this for a long time, and I encourage other people to go ahead and do this, too, because it makes a really big impact uh, in your neighborhood or city. Um, we have done the 12 days of Christmas. And so 12 days before Christmas, or you can even start on December 1st, each day has a poem and a really small gift. Um, like, uh, let's say, a partridge in a pear tree. And there's a rhyme that goes with it about a, um, you couldn't find partridge, so here's a can of pears. <laughs> okay. And, and each day has a different one. You can find this online really easy, and there's different um, poems. But we have always chosen families in need, or uh, when I, my husband and I owned uh, Three Papa Murphy's in the area, and we would have our employees go with us. I've had Bible study kids with, with us. Um, but when, I, when we owned the business, we would pick out people that a husband has passed away and the wife is spending Christmas alone. Yeah, pe um, people in need you know, that you know of, yeah. yeah. Well, and there was a woman whose husband was shot and killed accidentally by her or her husband's brother. Oh gosh. And so yeah, so we did her but but yeah, it's it's a blast and the kids have to run up doorbell ditch and <laughs> run back to the car. I like that. And so the kids probably like it too. <laughs> oh, they do and they well, get wet, soaked, muddy. Yeah. Well, thanks very much, Jennifer. That's that's great, and uh, you know, certainly the charitable spirit of giving in the holiday season is is well placed, and it it helps out where it's needed and makes everybody feel good. So I appreciate that. That's a yeah, that's a neat thanks, tradition. Thanks. All right. Merry thanks Christmas. You bet. Bye bye. Merry Christmas. Bye bye. Uh, next, we're going to talk to Fritz in Sacramento. Fritz, what uh, what say you? We do Christmas on January seventh. Really. What, yeah, uh, well, how'd that start? Oh, okay. All right. So we've got a different calendar than everybody else. So do you do that anything special on the, on the quote-unquote traditional Christmas? or? Well, the tw what you're supposed to do on the 25th, you open one package, and then so on and so forth until the 7th. Interesting. And the 7th, you go to church. Interesting. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's uh, see, I love learning about this stuff. This is... Uh, very interesting. I appreciate the call, Fritz. Thank you very much. Yep. All right. Have a good one. Uh, let's talk to Chuck in Orangevale. Chuck, what uh, what do you got for me? How you doing? Yes. Um, I, I would love to share this tradition that we have started, uh, me and my wife. And um, so what we decided to do, you know how everybody gets um, presents for from Santa and from family and so forth, but... You know, it's always about Jesus Christ. And right. so we actually have a present that we always give, and it is from Jesus Christ. Oh, that's great. So it, it has, it's a, it's a, it's a, obviously a Christian theme. It's something religious, something spiritual that can uplift them and help them in that journey. That, so that's a wonderful tradition because you know obviously Christmas is is uh, is a religious holiday. It's uh, you know celebrating the, the Savior for Christians all over the world. But I you know especially for kids, it's hard to it's hard to really keep that instilled that true meaning instilled in them as as they until they usually get older. So that's a I think that's a that's a great tradition. Right. Thank you. All right, Jack. Have a great Christmas. 
All right, before we take uh, another call or two, I just wanted to give a couple of more before we uh, get run up against the clock. Um, in Italy, and this is what I think probably relates to what one of the call, earlier callers talked about, Belfana the Witch visits good children on the eve of January 5th to leave candy in their stockings and, and small presents for them. Uh, in Iceland, aside from a massive volcano this Christmas, uh, they have a Yule cat. Now, it was originally for farmers as an incentive for the farmers to work hard. So if, if you were a good farm worker, you'd get new clothes. Unfortunately, bad farm workers would get devoured by the giant cat, as, as, the, uh, as the legend would go. Uh, but even today, translating into today, new clothes are an are a Icelandic custom for all based on that uh, prior, prior uh, custom. Uh, in South Africa... They eat festive, and I festive because they're colored uh, festively, fried caterpillars during the holidays for good luck throughout the rest of the year. Uh, in Norway, flying witches on broomsticks fly around on Christmas Eve, causing mischief, as you might imagine, flying witches to do. Uh, and many Norwegian families, as a consequence, hide their broomsticks. And in Sweden, a 1958 Donald Duck Christmas message has become an annual staple with 40% of all households t tuning in promptly at 3 o'clock on Christmas Day, every Christmas Day, to get Donald Duck's uh, well-wishing Christmas. Uh, okay, let's, uh, let's see what Kim does uh, from Sacramento. Kim, what, uh, what say you? Hi, Sheriff. We, um, we have soup on Christmas Eve, and this started about 35 years ago when our kids were little. We talked about people that aren't going to have this big fancy holiday meal and and it's continuing the next generation is now doing the same soup and it it really is meaningful we we talk about what we can give to a food closet or to a family that we might know that's needy and have a very small meal yeah soup and bread and and just be grateful for being together and and having a, a good Christmas with our family. I think that's awesome, and I think it really demonstrates the spirit. So uh, thank you very much for that, Kim. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, and lastly, before our break, we will get to Patrick uh, all the way from South Lake Tahoe. Patrick, hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. I appreciate your service. I think you're a great person, and you're doing a great job, Dave. Wow. So, your check is in the mail. <laughs> Okay, my wife, years ago, married for 40-some years, she started her addiction in our own family. We're Christian faith. She would make a, a birthday cake, and Christmas morning, we'd put a candle on it, and we'd sing, Happy Birthday, Baby Jesus. Oh, that's awesome. And, and you know, our, you know, because, you know that's, that's the origin of, of Christmas. Yeah, that's awesome. I love, I love that a lot of these traditions really brought it back to you know the religious foundation of Christmas. I love that, Patrick. I'm uh, running up against the clock, but I want to thank you very much for thank sharing you. that. All right, have a great day. All right, we'll be right back and uh, we'll uh, talk a little bit about the Sheriff's Toy Project. And once again, I'm Scott Jones in for John McGinnis on KFBK. Welcome back to the program. I am Scott Jones in for John McGinnis on KPK News Radio, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app and on your smart speaker. As I mentioned at the top of the hour, um, I've got a very special guest with me this second uh, half hour. 
the Assistant Sheriff of Sacramento County Sheriff's Office, Leander Marquez. And not only is she obviously a position of great authority and influence over the department, but she has herself been involved in the Sacramento, uh, the Sheriff's Toy Project for uh, many, many years. And so I want her to come on and, and brag a little about it and tell a little bit more about it and um, talk about it. Uh, so, Leander, welcome to the program. Oh, welcome. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. So, uh, just to give you a little historical information on the Sheriff's Toy Project, I'm, I've been the president of Sheriff's Toy Project since uh, for about 16 years now. Sheriff's Toy Project came about in 1986. Uh, we are a reentry facility, first and foremost. We fall under Sheriff's Work Project. So, people that uh, don't get jail sentencing, they get work project sentencing, come out and do a variety of things in the community, not just picking up garbage as, as many people think. We hand select personnel to come out to Sheriff's Toy Project, people hopefully with some skills, a little bit of woodworking skills, painting, sewing, bicycle repair, and a variety of uh of, of things and specifically to take people that have the ability to learn and want to learn because clearly you want people that, that want to be there. So uh, many are committed to the program. So back in 86, they started creating toys from wood, started making wooden toys, and they made so many of them. In fact, they were trains, dollhouses, uh, little chairs, things to go back to children and there were so many of them, we had a hard time actually giving them away, and we needed an avenue to move the things that were created by Toy Project, sheriffs, uh, inmates, to go back to the community. And over time, the program kind of caught on, so people started asking how they could get involved, people being community people, and how they could give back to their community and provide for our area's less fortunate people. So... We created a program called Sheriff's Toy Project and a nonprofit, and uh, that's how we got started. And I know um, every time I've been out there, it's the um, obviously the the inmates are working off a sentence and work project. But as you mentioned, they're they're hand selected, and uh, there's a I think there's a tremendous amount of pride that that I've seen in all of them when they're creating not only the the gifts but being able to hand them out to families in need and so forth and. And that also means low overhead, right? So I think you mentioned to me uh, during the break that the only thing, the only real overhead you have is a phone line. Um, so uh, everything that gets donated or gets made gets to go right back into the, the community because the volunteers lead it and head it up and, and everything. Uh, so tell me, let, let's, I, I know you've already had some activities this season. In an average, let's say this season, how many families do you serve? How many, you know, how many toys, whatever metric you folks use for success what what tell me a little bit about that okay so as of now I, I don't have a final count on how many people will serve because we're still taking applications and special requests we had an application period which opened and closed but then of course you get we get a variety of requests from uh, different agencies that we work with our district attorney's office people that are victims of crimes our um, our court systems, our schools specifically, they vet a lot of people. So how we go about uh, doing this under the 501c3, people donate. And because we are a work facility under work project, I think that the two most important things I want people to know about us is that 
99.9% of what's donated goes back to their community. So when you're looking for a charitable organization to donate to, you you want to know where your money goes. We're not yeah. paying for overhead. We're not paying for officers or volunteer salaries. We're not having lunch. All All that's donated goes back to our community. And secondly, we vet everybody that comes to us. They have to actually apply. They have to show proof of their income. They also have to show information for their kids, birth certificates. Believe it or not, even being the sheriff's office, we've had people to try to pass children off that are not theirs. No one would lie to the sheriff's office. Now (laughs) now you're just exaggerating. (laughs) I know. I know. Silly me. So we we do vet, and I think that's also very important because we we have a fiduciary responsibility to our donors so that they know it goes to the right people. So we are providing items back to our school districts. Those names come to us from counselors and people that work closely with individuals, families, because after all, we can't know everybody. We also have people, honestly, that are incarcerated. They have children, too, so we will provide for them as well. Yeah. And we provide a variety of things at Christmas time. Now, I, I will make one thing clear. We don't go out and purchase big screen TVs, Xboxes, and those types of things. We provide toys. We provide toiletries, coats, shoes, socks, underwear, I mean, sadly, you'd be surprised how many requests we get from kids saying, you know, I just would like a new pair of shoes or a pack yeah. of underwear. Yeah, for sure. And I think those couple of points you mentioned are, are important and, and worth repeating. Number one is the the percentage, the 99.9% of the donations that go right back into the community because especially this time of year, uh, everybody's hit up with all these different charities that all make all the different claims, tug on your heartstrings various ways, either through animals or children or, or whatnot. Uh, but you really don't know. You really don't know how what percentage of that goes to you know make the founders of the place rich and, and very little goes back. So I, I, that's great to know. But the other part is um, the vetting, the vetting that goes on with this program to ensure that the right people uh, and it's not to exclude anybody. It's actually to be more inclusive of the folks that actually need the need the need the services. So let's just say ballpark, and I won't pin you down for a set number. But how many families do you think you've uh, the Toy Project has assisted this season? Uh, this season, I will say. In terms of numbers of children, it will be more than five thousand. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a great number because. Not not just within the county, you have the greater Sacramento area, the unincorporated areas. We have partnerships with Rancho Cordova Police Department. If we were contacted by Citrus Heights, uh, Elk Grove, other areas, we'll also help, too, if we have the ability, if we have the excess. Yeah, and I know this has just grown and grown and grown over the years and into uh, just a, a great force for good in the community. Um, so, you know, there's a couple of ways this may affect you. Uh, number one, um, you may be someone that might be looking to help. Uh, I know some of the traditions that we talked about on air with some of the callers was trying to find um, suitable venues and outlets to, to be able to help folks that aren't quite uh, in as good a shape this year uh, or in general than, than we are. Uh, or you might be on the other side. You might find yourself on the the side where you need some extra help this year for, for your family uh, and your kids. And when we come back from break, we'll talk about how to uh, service both of those needs uh, with uh, Assistant Sheriff Leander Marquez. When we return, I am Scott Jones sitting in for John McGinnis on KFBK Radio. 
Sacramento news voices you can trust. Christina Mendonca and Sam Shane. The KFBK Morning News on KFBK News Radio. Welcome back to the program. I am Scott Jones sitting in for John McGinnis on KFBK Radio. Uh, right before the break, we were talking about the Sheriff's Toy Project and how um, those they need might be able to get some help and those that have help to give uh, can help. And uh, before we get to that, I just wanted to ask Leandra, she was sharing a couple of stories with me that we'll get to in a, in a moment that was over the break that was kind of talking about my heart springs, strings, so I asked her to share those with you. But um, she had a couple of examples of the sort of non-traditional ways that they might be called in to help. So I, I wanted to turn that back over to you and tell me a couple of the situations that folks may find themselves, not just in Christmas, but throughout the year. Well, uh, I want to stress we're a year-round program, so we're contacted throughout the year by our fire departments, victims of fires that lose everything. We get referrals from the district attorney's office, uh, victims of domestic violence who've had to flee and relocate and have nothing left. We've provided that. We have patrol officers that go to calls. They find children sleeping on a floor. Most recently, we provided bunk beds for a couple of kids. And, you know, it's it's just shocking some of the things that we take for granted and the reactions from little kids when they get a brand new bed or a pillow or something they're not used to having. It it really it drives home what we do and why we do it yeah, and, and the value. And the stuff we just take for granted every day. Sure. And then, um, so you wonder, you know, you wonder if what you're doing makes a difference. And you've had a, a couple of couple of experiences come back to you. So go ahead and relate those, if you would. Well, I've had a number of them. In fact, just being in stores uh, with a, a department logo on a shirt saying Toy Project, I had a young man that was bagging groceries that actually came up and said, hey, I want to tell you at a time when my mother lost her job and I didn't have a father, you made Christmas happen for our family and for my siblings, and I want to thank you. It made a big deal to us. Uh, I've had people walk up and say, you know, they have basket full of toys and say there was a time when I was down on my luck and I couldn't do much, and you did something for me. I want to give back to another family. So the giving spirit is there. It's amazing. Well, it's been around for quite a long time, so I'm sure there's, you know, just tons of those stories that don't necessarily make it back to the you but that that are out there so um as i said where can folks go uh and you know the kpk listeners are are among the best anywhere so i i know there's folks that that want to help that are touched by some of the things that you've been and i've been talking about where where can they go to help okay so you can if you choose to give a new toy to sheriff's toy project you could drop that off at one zero 117 Mills Station. That's out in the Rancho Cordova area. Suite C. We're open Monday through Thursday from 8 to 2. And that's unwrapped, right? Not unwrapped. Not wrapped. Yes, okay. Please. Uh, we also have a service center at 4510 Orange Grove Avenue. That's at our headquarters. That could be dropped off there. That's I the remember north, that place. On the, yeah, you've been there. <laughs> on the north side of town. So if you live out south, 7065th Street, that is our central station, Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. And the items will get to us. And uh, what about a website um, that they can go to and get? I'm sure a lot of people aren't able to copy that down, but they, I'm sure they can get all this information on the website. Yes, they can. Toyproject.org. And our main phone number, office number, 916-361-4571. And speak to Michelle Harp. She will get right back to you if she doesn't answer the phone personally. So I know there's five days left till Christmas. Um, but 
there is still a need. And plus, as you mentioned, uh, it is a year-round need. Um, so I really encourage folks, if, if they're still looking for some place that they can trust to, to be able to put their efforts and some toys and know that it's going to a good cause and that, that a family will really benefit, I really encourage you to go to the website or go to any of the addresses and drop some off. Now, on the other end of the, of the scale, if there are folks that still have need, with only five days left, are they able to, to be benefited uh, somehow from the toy project? And how does that work? Yes, our application period had closed. However, we are taking last-minute requests. You'd be surprised how many people I've had reach out to me saying I was receiving assistance from another agency and they can't take any more applications or they ran out of things. So I have been doing a lot of that, doing last-minute requests. And we'll be doing this all the way up until Christmas Eve. And so you have a lot of uh, volunteers from the department and elsewhere that... uh that uh, assist you in the Santa Claus duties? We have the best volunteers out there, believe me. <laughs> and people. not only that, you have the best float in the Santa Parade every year. <laughs> For those of you that are able to go down to the Santa Parade, uh, downtown Sacramento, uh, on or about the, the second Saturday of the month, um, it's, always, it's always, you may not know it at the time, but if you look back at um, what the Grinch and some of the, just the best floats, uh, they, they do great work there on, our, on the Santa Parade float as well. Well, they do, and I just want to add one last thing. You know, a lot of people that come to our program and are actually working off a court sentence, they believe in our program. They have come back and volunteered their own time. That's how much it meant to them. Ah, well, this is great. This uh, made me leave the program feeling good today. Hopefully you as well. And uh, whatever you do and however you spend the next several days, I hope all of you have a very Merry Christmas Happy holidays filled with love and family. Not too much family, but just enough family. Uh, and uh, let's let's keep those uh, New Year's resolutions. All right. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening to the program today. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.